The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday. Class is in session with Professor Greg Cosell from NFL Films University. Nobody has smarter guests than we do. Nobody. Already looking forward to tomorrow. Should have Greg Rosenthal from the Around the NFL podcast as our awesome week here at RT Media. Ross Tucker Podcast Network continues. We are, of course, presented by DraftKings. And, of course, tomorrow we'll have a new Spread the Word winner. And I am noticing some new people. Quote tweeting the show at Ross Tucker NFL or at Ross Tucker Pod replying. I'm looking on Instagram. I'm looking for shares when I post clips on Facebook. You guys absolutely rock. Sponsor confirmation email winners. I got people sending me AutoZone pictures. I love, I can't wait to see how many of you guys get on the Athletic Greens bandwagon like me and Andrew. That's going to be fun. Eat your greens, baby. That should be their motto. They should have asked me. We'll have 100 flowers tomorrow, which is an easy one as well. And then YouTube, it's growing. It's growing. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Just make sure you subscribe and then comment. And you'll get a great chance to get a a Cameo-style shout-out. The same videos people pay me to do on Cameo, you get one for free. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. He is the great Greg Cosell. You all already know that. He joins us every Thursday without fail here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. We love him. Everybody does. There's a lot to get into with the divisional round games, Uh, Greg. Obviously, we're going to focus on the championship games. I do have a couple questions for you about the divisional round games. But I also wanted to start with news that never happens. It literally just broke while we while I was starting to record the show. Evidently, the Denver Broncos are hiring Nathaniel Hackett as their head coach. Now, I know he's been in Green Bay the last couple of years, you know, with Matt LaFleur and Matt LaFleur calling the plays. It's funny, Greg, because the thing I think about when I think Nathaniel Hackett I called 
that Jags at the Steelers divisional round game in 2017, when the Jags upset the Steelers, I'm telling you, Greg, it was like he called a perfect game. It was <laughs> unreal. I mean, it was Bortles. The Steelers were like the number one seed, and they were just ahead of them. The whole, I mean, he was throwing stuff, the fullbacks. I mean, it was just, I think Tommy Bohannon had a touch. It was just incredible. You ever like, it was just like he called the perfect game. And so that's the thing that always sticks in my head about him. Any thoughts on him? Well, Anything sticking in your head about Nathaniel Hackett? I think, I think what you're seeing, and, and it's interesting that he got hired in the way Zach Taylor got hired a few years ago. He's from that kind of West Coast school, kind of the Kyle Shanahan school. And there's a lot of people who believe that that kind of offense is the best kind of conceptual offense to run in the league. Now, obviously, we know that if you have great quarterbacks, everything is different because quarterback can do a lot of things, as we saw this past weekend in the NFL, in the playoffs. But that school of offense with the outside zone run game, the play action, um, the pass game that works off that, the ability then to work the one-on-ones on the perimeter, that style of offense is seen by many as the way you want to play in today's NFL. And Hackett comes from that school. So it would not surprise me. Look, I've never met Nathaniel Hackett, so I don't know how he interviews. Obviously, he interviewed well. Uh, he People saw him as a viable head coaching possibility in this particular cycle because he interviewed in a number of places. Um, so obviously he did interview well, but I'm just talking about the football part of it, Ross. I think that that style of offense, because it's basically McVay, it's Shanahan, it's LaFleur. Um, you know, that's Zach Taylor in a sense features that to a large extent, because that's where he came from. So I think that that's the, the offensive philosophy that a lot of people are focusing on now as, as the best one in the league. And as you might imagine, the speculation about Aaron Rodgers now going to Denver is running rampant. That's obviously people trying to connect the dots already, Greg. Uh, there's so many factors in play there. So we'll see what ends up happening. But obviously there had been thoughts that Rodgers wanted to go to Denver now his offensive coordinator the last three years in Green Bay right. is in Denver. So um doesn't take a brain surgeon to try to connect those dots. Uh, the other coaching news I wanted to get your opinion on is just Sean Payton stepping away. Seems to me, Greg, like it, it seems like this is only a one-year thing. Um, <laughs> but I am curious to get your opinion or just your, your reaction to what you saw from Payton as a play caller in particular in New Orleans, obviously they put up some incredible numbers. Yeah, He and Drew Brees had a great run. Um, you know, it's hard to pick how much of that's Brees, how much of that's Peyton, but clearly it was, it was a really good marriage. It's both. I mean, obviously you had a coach who's just so committed to, to his approach and you had a quarterback who we know about Drew Brees. So it's both. Um, you know, obviously, Sean Payton through the years, offensively, he really understood how to deploy his personnel. Look, Drew Brees was a great quarterback for many reasons, but no one would ever say in terms of physical traits. I mean, Drew Brees was six feet. He did not have a gun. So in terms of physical traits, and there's many traits, you know, 
you could have a list of quarterback traits. Not everyone is physical. We like to start there because it's most visible, Ross. You know, when you look at the guys who are just physically gifted, but quarterback, there's so many nuances and details and disciplines that go into it. And Peyton understood those and Breeze really understood those. And Breeze knew that he had to play that way in order to be a great player. So it was a really perfect marriage. What were they were together? I think fourteen or fifteen years, and uh, it was you know it was they were just a really fun offense to watch all through the years. All right, diving into some of the things we saw this past weekend before we spin it forward. You know, Bengals Titans. Just curious to see what what you saw from Tannehill and the Titans. Obviously. You know, they had a good season, Greg, and then all of a sudden they lose this game. Tannehill threw three interceptions, and, you know, people are going to are gonna be all over him for that. What did you notice from him in that game? Well, the way I'd answer that is they play Titans football. They play the same way they play every game. Uh, you know, they're a team that plays uh, essentially, stylistically, to be physical, competitive, tough, and win close games because they're more physical, more competitive, and quote-unquote want it more than the other team. So that, that game was absolutely Titans football. But when you play those games, Ross, and the games are close in the fourth quarter, you can lose those games just as much as you can win those games. Uh, and I think we saw that this weekend with the other games that were involved, when you know, with teams that are far more aggressive throwing the ball. Um, you know, the big debate, in, in, of course, in Tennessee now is is Tannehill – but what is their offense? In today's NFL, what is their offense? Their offense starts with the run game and works off the run game. One of the things I've talked about all year, and I'm sure you and I have talked about it, is if your pass game and your run game cannot function effectively independent of one another, then there are going to be games when you have issues because you can't just say we can run it on anybody. You and I both know that when you start playing better teams and you get to the playoffs, that does not always happen. You could go back a year ago. They lost in the playoffs to Baltimore when they scored 13 points and Baltimore had de held Derrick Henry to 60 some odd yards. You can say that this week. I know they ran for over 100 yards because Foreman had one long run, but they really couldn't run the ball with any real consistency. So you end up with, if your pass game cannot work independently of your run game, you get stuck. Let's move on to the Saturday night game. It was the Niners and the Packers, Greg. Packers only scored 10 points. What did yeah. you see from Aaron Rodgers in the Packers offense? Yeah, Rodgers did not play well in that game. He was very unsettled in the pocket. A lot of movement that was unnecessary. Um, he was not as precisely accurate as he normally is. Look, I think Aaron Rodgers, in my years at NFL Films, and as you know, Ross, it's been a lot of years, um, I think he's the best thrower I've ever seen. He just not play, He just did not play well in that game. Uh, now, he played against a really good defense. He, they got a lot of bodies around him, but he was not a comfortable player in that game. So it's just it happened to be in, in a playoff game, but he did not play particularly well. And beginning with the third possession, the Niners started to do some things to try to take away Devonta Adams. Um, and obviously you don't do things on every play you can, but you can do it in certain situations depending on where he aligns because they move Adams around a lot. But uh, the Niners started to do some things to take Adams away a little bit. And, and 
you know, Rodgers just did not play particularly well in that game. You know, Greg, I didn't think Tom Brady played particularly well in Sunday's game against the Rams either. I thought he was clearly outplayed by Matthew Stafford. What did you see from Brady and the Bucs? Obviously, their O-line struggled as well. I think that was probably one of the themes of the weekend. Yeah, there are, there are some of these yeah. quarterbacks struggling when their offensive line didn't allow them to really be comfortable. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, and the thing is, you know, that's, look, and that's the argument that's always made by people that, you know, believe that you have to have movement ability because we saw that, let's say, in the Sunday night game. But you're right. Brady was under major duress. Um, obviously, they played Josh Wells at right tackle. He had some issues. Donovan Smith, who they did not expect to have issues, had issues in that game at left tackle in one-on-one -on -one pass protection. And they needed him to be really solid one-on-one, -on -one, Ross, as you know, simply because they had to they had to sort of help Josh Wells on the right side. So, yeah, Brady was under duress in that game. He started to play better in the second half and made some throws. But overall, I didn't think his ball placement was as sharp as it normally is either. And that's obviously a real staple of his game. Um, unlike Rodgers, Brady is not going to really make any plays outside of the structure of the offense. So, uh, yeah, he was he was under duress a lot. And because they got down... I don't think they wanted Brady to have to drop back 50-plus times in that game, and he did because they got down. Uh, I think you are very observant about Donovan Smith. He was extremely disappointing. You know, given the situation at right tackle, they needed yep. him to be able to step up and play so much better. He needed to block one-on-one, -on -one and he had, some, he had a few too many bad snaps. Yeah, no question. Yeah. You know, before we get to these games, Greg, you got to say something about Josh Allen. I don't <laughs> even know what there is to say, but say something about Josh Allen. Yeah, for the I mean, you know, it's funny. Um, I, I've been talking about Josh Allen because, as, as some might know, I, I do one Bills Live every week with uh, Chris Brown and Steve Tasker. And so I've watched every throw of Josh Allen in his NFL career, and I actually watched him in at Wyoming in his last two years. So I, I've studied Josh Allen closely, and I've seen his development. And he's the most physically gifted quarterback in the NFL, and I've been saying that for well over a year. Now, a year ago, you certainly wouldn't have said he was the best quarterback in the NFL, but he's the most physically gifted. And his improvement – with his ability to throw with far more precise ball placement is just absolutely remarkable. You watch these these two playoff games, there were really no scattershot throws. I mean, think about Josh Allen's first couple years in the league, Ross, and he would just airmail throws. He'd throw balls in the ground. And I'm talking to open receivers. And now, I mean, he you don't really see that. Maybe once in a while you see that, but he is just a, a much more calm player we know about the running ability. He's a 6'5", 240-pound man. I'm sure you've stood next to him and seen him. He is a big dude. Um, and he just throws the ball exceptionally well now. And he's he's just a – now you can say, and, and I'm not the only one to say it, but he's a great quarterback right now. Yeah, no question. Uh, let's dive into these games. I'll be on the sideline in Kansas City. It's the Bengals at the Chiefs. They did play not too long ago, Greg, and the yep, Bengals week, won. Week what, uh, what do you yeah. think about this game? <clears throat> Burrow threw for over 400. He worked outside the numbers with one-on-ones quite a bit. Uh, Chase had three catches against Charvarius Ward, one-on-ones outside the numbers. Um, 
They also had two long touchdowns to chase, 69 and 72 yards, which, by the way, were on the, the same play concept. Um, Burrow is an aggressive thrower. If he gets one-on-ones on the outside, he's going to take it. I'm curious to see if the Chiefs play a little more of what we call two-man coverage, which they've shown, where they play man-to-man because Spags likes to play man, but two-man has two deep safeties, not one deep safety. Because the reality is, with one deep safety, Ross, he is irrelevant outside the numbers. He's not going to get there to make plays outside the numbers. So I'm curious to see how the Chiefs go about defending uh, this pass game. They also play a high percentage of cover two. So, so that to me is going to be very, very interesting. On the other side of the ball, when the Chiefs have it. Well, somehow, some way, you're going to have to try to create pressure on, on Mahomes. We know he's difficult to tackle. We know he, he's very good outside of structure, but you still have to try to pressure him. I mean, you go back to the Super Bowl a year ago when you, they pressured Mahomes early and often, and he was not at his best. Now, he was phenomenal this past week against the Bills. There were times they got people around him. They couldn't get him to the ground. He made unbelievable second reaction plays, which we know he's capable of. But that doesn't mean you don't pressure him. You can't just sit back and let him throw it either. So you've got to try to create pressure. The Bengals have been very creative with their stunt concepts. They're multiple with them. They've got to try to speed up Mahomes. Um, You know, the one thing that was fascinating about Mahomes versus the Bills is he did not throw one ball in the air, Ross, more than 20 yards from the line of scrimmage. Everything is rhythmic now. Uh, You know, and again, I don't want to say that's not going to happen in this game. You know, so I don't want people to think that. But it's just so interesting, the evolution and, and maturity of Mahomes this year being far more rhythmic, more timing-based, getting the ball out, not just sitting in the pocket and waiting. Yeah, it's a it's a good point. Um, I saw that stat too. All right, what about the Rams and the Niners again? Yeah, well, the thing that's really stood out when you talk about the Niners' offense versus the Rams is the physical domination. I mean, they have basically rendered moot this pass rush. You know, certainly this year and in recent games because they run the ball on them. Uh, This year, I believe the numbers in the two games, they had 75 rushes. Think about that. 75 rushes in today's NFL. That's, you know, 37 and a half rushes per game. What teams do that in today's NFL, Ross? Basically no one. So they and and I believe they had uh, close to 300 yards rushing in those two games. So they control the game physically with the run game. They allow Garoppolo to play within the structure of the offense. But people need to remember in that week 18 game, the Niners got down 17 nothing. Garoppolo was the reason they won the game. It's been very in vogue, as you know, just to rip Jimmy Garoppolo. He's part of a system. He's asked to make a lot of difficult throws between the numbers. And he makes those throws with an awful lot of confidence and conviction. And every once in a while, because there's a lot of bodies there, he makes a bad one. No question about it. And he's certainly not a second reaction player. We've seen that. But this has been on that side of the ball, mostly physical domination. And they've kind of rendered irrelevant this pass rush with Donald Miller and Floyd. So we'll see if it plays out the same way. So the thing that you don't, nobody, you said nobody does that in today's NFL is the 75 rushes in two games. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what they've had. 
Yeah, yeah, okay. I thought I thought I want to make sure I heard that right. Yeah, 70, or on the other side, when the Rams believe, have the ball. Yeah, I believe that's the number. 75 rushes by the Niners in the two games against the Rams. So when the Rams have the ball, you know, to me, the issue is going to be pass protection. Uh, in that week 18 game, they had Stafford under pressure a lot. Now, Stafford still put up numbers and made throws. I mean, he can make throws and they've got really good receivers. The 49er D-line, as we've discussed over the last four, five, six weeks, has been as good as any D-line in the league in pressuring the quarterback. They play nine players who get meaningful snaps on that D-line, Ross. Nine players. Uh, that's a lot. And, and, and they're good. They feel good about those guys that they put out there. Um, they're also intriguing with their multiple stunt concepts, how they sometimes use Bosa, you move him around, stand him up. Um, Arden Key, Samson Ebukam, they've been really impressive players over the last number of weeks. Um, so it really comes down to the ability to pressure Stafford, who at times can be very susceptible to pressure. We've seen Stafford get stuck in the pocket and get sacked. You know, while he's not immobile, you know, he's he can get stuck. Um, and then, you know, obviously it, it's it's the coverage factor. Uh, the 49ers don't play a ton of man, but they will selectively as they will blitz selectively. They're not high percentage with either one of those tactics, but they will do it selectively and they can be effective when they do it. At Greg Cosell is how you follow this man on social media. I highly recommend that you do so you know everything that he is up to. Fantastic work as always, Greg. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ross. Thank you also to Athletic Greens. I am so fired up about this new sponsor. First of all, I like trying to be healthy, right? Like, you know, you guys see what I eat on the weekends and drink. I, like during the week, I need to be healthy. I started taking Athletic Greens because I had never heard of them before. And now after what Andrew said about them on yesterday's show, are you kidding me? You get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens in one delicious scoop of athletic greens drink your greens i'm telling you that should be their motto costs less than three dollars a day they have over seven thousand five star reviews it's lifestyle friendly so if you're keto paleo vegan dairy free whatever you are they're all over it to make it easy athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Ross. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Ross to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily Nutritional insurance. Ducks takes. Morning, Ross. Where do you want to start today? Do you want to start with Nathaniel Hackett in Denver or Quesi Adolfo Mensa in Minnesota? Well, I kind of said that thing about Hackett that I would say. It sounds like the Jaguars were going to give him a second interview, and that got the Broncos nervous. I must admit. I think that they probably thought Hackett was the best man for the job. Uh, and obviously the Packers have the right to trade Rodgers if that's what Rodgers ends up wanting to do or they end up deciding to do. But I, I, I certainly am wondering 
whether or not that was a factor, whether or not the chance to maybe get Aaron Rodgers was a factor. As for the Vikings and Quezzi Adolfo Mensa, I can't believe I've never met this guy. He went to Princeton. He's two years younger than me. I think I read maybe that he played basketball, but I don't remember him being on the basketball team when I was there. Uh, if he was, he certainly didn't play that much that I remember. But um, I'm 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 so um, surprised that I didn't I haven't even heard of him till recently. And you know I will say this: Mark Wilf, one of the two owners, Ziggy and Mark Wilf of the Vikings. Mark went to Princeton. And Mark is on the um, athletics committee. So, you know, I'm sure that didn't hurt Quezzi. But obviously, he comes very, very highly recommended. And the Browns end up getting two compensatory third-round picks as a result. Ducks takes. Speaking of those Cleveland Browns, quarterback Baker Mayfield announced on social media that he is leaving social media in order to focus on himself and his family. Yeah, I mean, that is, uh, it's kind of interesting, right? To post something on social media about not being on social media anymore. Don't you just, can't you just not be on social media? Why do you have to post something on saying on social media, saying you're not going to be on social media? I guess I don't really totally understand that. Uh, but whatever, whatever he feels like he needs to do to get ready to have, uh, to, to, to rehab this shoulder and get ready to have a great season. That's fine. If getting off social media helps him, then good for him, I guess. Ducks takes. Longtime Eagles right guard Brandon Brooks announced he is retiring after 10 seasons in the National Football League. Love this dude. Love him as a person. Love him as a player. I thought you could argue in 2019 he was the best right guard in football. Had an unbelievable year coming off of a torn Achilles. He's just had a rough go of it lately. A couple torn Achilles, torn peck. I, I just think he's seeing the writing on the wall that his body's breaking down on him. Played 10 years, which is awesome. Made plenty of money, which is awesome. Wants to go to Wharton Business School. Awesome, again. And 10 years is fantastic. And you start to get that many injuries. I've told you guys this. The thing that is different you don't realize that you're in the NFL. A lot of these injuries stay with you the rest of your life. You know, just because you're healed doesn't mean it doesn't bother you anymore. So, um, yeah, those are my thoughts on Brandon Brooks. Big loss for the Eagles, although I think they sort of anticipated that. Um, what you can't anticipate is when you have something going on with your dashboard lights. Thankfully, there's the free fix finder service at AutoZone including check engine light, ABS light, and service interval light. The free fix finder will give you possible solutions for your lights, all backed by verified technicians. It'll even send you your full results in a detailed fix finder report straight to your email. So you'll have all the information you need to take on the fix. And if you need a bit of help from a repair shop, AutoZone will even refer you to a nearby shop you can trust. It's the most complete free warning light report backed by technician verified fixes, and you can only find it at AutoZone. So next time your dashboard lights pay you a visit, just get in the zone, AutoZone, email time. 
Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. The email address, ross at rostucker.com. Love your email questions because usually it means you took advantage of one of our sponsors, which is huge and is exactly what we need to have the sponsors keep sponsoring. And honestly, Brian and I don't take a sponsor unless we believe what we, we turn down some stuff that's just not our style. But if it is our style, if it makes your life easier, if it saves you time, if it saves you money, if it makes you healthier, or if it's just something we like, we're in on it. And so take advantage of it and then email us, ross at rostucker.com. What do you got, Bri? So, Ross, when you're calling a game for TV, do you call what you see on the monitor or what you're watching on the field? I've heard Jim Ross, pro wrestling guy, reference only watching his nine-inch monitor when the action is only a few feet away from him because he only wants to call what the people at home see. How does that differ from radio? Since nobody sees what you're calling and you have to paint that entire picture. That's from Mike Kinney. Great questions, Mike. Great questions. And the answer is, in general, I look at my monitor more with every passing year because I just, depending on the location of the booth, I don't see things quite as crisply. You know, if it's a really high booth, I'm probably going to look, or, or it's like in the corner of the end zone, I'm probably going to look at the monitor more than if it's like Baltimore or New England when I'm on the 50-yard line like 25 rows up. Also, I definitely look at the monitor more when I'm doing TV than radio. TV, similar to Jim Ross, I want to be talking about what you guys at home are looking at. And I want to reference what you're looking at. Look at the upper left of your screen. Watch number 42 come in here. You know, I want to be able to direct your eyes on the screen that you're watching. So I watch the monitor a lot when I'm doing television. A lot. Less so when I'm doing radio but it's dependent on where the booth is. So the factors are TV versus radio. If it's TV, definitely more booth than radio. And then where the booth is, is the next one. For the, the worse the booth, the more the monitor. The better the booth, the less the monitor. So those are the factors. Uh, good question though, Mike. Really, really like questions like that. See, this is what I'm talking about. You guys ask awesome questions. You're overcoming the odds. You're rewriting the playbook. You're delivering under pressure. The MVPs of small business lead their teams to victory all year long. Visa is proud to provide playmakers everywhere with more tools to help grow their business and help them achieve even greater success. Because the more people we can empower, the more we all win. Visa, a network working for everyone, works for all of us when you guys ask awesome questions like that, that... Nobody listening has ever heard before me talk about that I know. So it's cool. Everybody just learned something there, hopefully. Shout outs, Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com. Should be recording with Greg Rosenthal tonight. 
So be looking for an early posting after midnight of the Friday, Picks Friday, Winners Friday, and a Greg Rosenthal quarterback and championship game breakdown Friday. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 